Welcome to the JMP Cast. I'm your host, Josiah Michael Pyatt. This podcast is centered around the question, what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? On today's episode, we dive into Paul's practical teaching on the implications of what it means to live in Christ. We will see Paul's challenge to this church in Colossae to live in the new way and not in the old. We will then see how Paul teaches that when we are living in the new, diversity and unity become the norm within the people of God. Well, if you've been following along in our journey through this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae, you will know that we are now transitioned fully into the practical teaching that Paul is wanting to express to this church in the midst of the challenges that they're facing. We saw Paul transition from warnings into practicality through the form of two questions, and today we're going to actually dive in to Paul's response to that first question we looked at two weeks ago. The question was as follows, If we have died with Christ, why do we look as though we're living in the world? So today we're going to see Paul give a more practical outworking of what he meant by looking like we're still in the world. It's important to note that the Father of all things refuses to force our hands, but instead he invites us to go deeper. The Father desires to move through you and me within this world. He wants us to co-labor with him. This is as specific as our own personal development in him to also being about the way in which we move in our neighborhoods, in our cities, in the nation, and in the world. If you remember from a previous episode, we remember that Paul said that Christ has redeemed all things. All things have been becoming reconciled through him. This was as expansive as all things in the earth and as specific as you and me. And in that invitation, we heard that Paul was telling us that we have a part to play in this story. This is the co-laboring that the Father desires to have with you and with me. So today we're going to see the way in which Paul is telling us that there is an invitation for you and for me to participate in the reconciliation and the restoration within our own identity in Christ. This is a very personal and intimate um, analysis of our life and the things that need to be put to death. So Paul is going to use this language of what needs to be put to death for us. So again, remember, Paul said, if with Christ we have died, why do we look like we're still living in the world? And so Paul here is going to tell us what it is that needs to be put to death in us. What is it that died on the cross with Christ? So let's look at what Paul says. This is chapter 3 of Colossians, verse 5 to 8, and the English Standard Version. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. Put to death. In the last episode, we talked about Paul was saying to us to actively seek for the presence of God, to actively seek the things that are above, not the things that are on earth. And we talked about how this idea of seeking was not a passive word, 
but an active one. And now here we see once again, Paul is going to use this another active description of the things that we need to do as followers of Jesus. This isn't magically going to happen in our life. This is something we actively need to participate in. But let's not forget that this is within the context of Paul talking about the things that have died with Christ on the cross. You see, the things that are going to be exposed in us, these things that Paul is going to bring to the surface, are not things that carry power in the way that they once did in our lives. Because of the cross of Christ, these sins and these rhythms of life that are not of Him do not carry power. These are things that we bring forth to the Father and we say we are, we are apologetic for these things. We change our mind. The word is repentance. is to turn. It's to turn from your ways. It's to change your mind. And so when we are exposed in this moment of these things that we need to be put to death, these aren't things that we have to in ourselves destroy. No, these are things that Christ has actually already paid for. These are things that have already been put on the cross. So when we hear these things today, if there's things that we know in our heart that we're participating in, if there are passions and there's covetousness and there's evil desires that we have or there's sexual immorality that we know we're participating in, we need to know today there's an invitation for us to bring this to the surface, to expose it to the light, to expose it to the truth. And that truth is that Jesus has paid for these things to be wiped out from not only the consequences internally, but from our actual existence. These things have been forgiven and removed from our existence. So when we dive into this teaching, we need to remember that Paul is writing to the church in Colossae. He's not writing to people who don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want us to understand what that means. He's saying to us that we are not above these sins. It's not as if now that we are in Christ, we're not going to have the opportunity to sin or to participate in these things that are not of God. This is why in the beginning of this message, I said God's not going to force our hand. He won't. And so Paul is not wanting you and I to hear this in a context to say, oh, look at everyone who's outside of the church. Look at this world. It's so destructive and evil and gross and whatever. No, he's talking to the church about these things being within the church. That's why he says you once walked in this way. Will we never look outside of the people of God in a place of condemnation? We have been saved by grace and grace alone. It is the Father who has called us to himself. And he is beckoning the whole world to himself. Not just you and me, but everyone that's around. Would we not get arrogant in our identity, but would we remain humble in knowing that we have been saved by grace alone. He called our name. We didn't call his. We responded. He initiated. But when we think about the context of what Paul has been telling us through and through this letter, we realize that it makes sense that Paul is warning this church about these things. He's telling them to not participate in them. Because if we are in Christ, if Christ is in us, the hope of glory, if we are rooted and grounded in him, then these things need to be no part of us. Sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desires, covetousness, these are things that are not of God. 
These are things that are not in Him. These things will not bring us satisfaction. These things will not bring us love. These things will not bring us belonging, acceptance, significance. These things will not bring us pleasure in a way that is eternal and healthy and whole. They will promise these things, but they will not deliver. So Paul's warning this church. He's saying, why are you guys acting this way? When you know who you are in Christ, these things are not to be in you. These things are not to be the ways that you lived. You once lived this way, but you, do no, you no longer have to live enslaved to your feelings and desires and, and yourself. He finishes and he says, on account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. These sins, these ways of life are no joke. There's a consequence that happens when we participate in this way of life. I mean, when you actually break it down and you think about what these things are and what it means to be a part of them, really, there's so much fruit that we can see in these things. There's insecurity, there's depression, there's anxiety, there's division, there's selfishness, there's arrogance, there's pride, there's all these things that can be built up within these actions that Paul has laid out for this church. The Father does not design or desire any of His children to live in this way. And the Father, thank God, through Jesus, has empowered us to no longer have to live in this way. You see, these aren't things that we have to be trapped in any longer. There is a freedom that you and I get to live in in Christ, that we don't have to be a slave to our desires that are in our flesh. We have been set free. We have been made new. We have been made whole. And because of the love of the Father, He won't force our hand. And so there will be temptations that come for us to step back into our old ways, into our old ways of living, into our old ways of perceiving ourselves and the way that we function. Paul is reminding us that we do not have to give in to this temptation. The enemy does not have the power to force your and I hand. We have a choice. So let's read the next warning that Paul brings. He says, But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, Barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. So Paul moves from describing actions of sin and desires of sin to then what's to warning us about what's coming out of our mouth. He's saying it's important to watch what we say. It's important to watch what consumes our conversations. What I find interesting about this specific part is Paul says that there's an old self with its practices. Regardless of if we're aware of it or not, there is a self that we identify as, and it's out of that self that our life is lived. There is a rhythm of life that we live out of the self that we identify as. And it is important as followers of Jesus to be awake to how we identify ourselves and the rhythms that we live in. You are living out of yourself, whether you are aware of it or not. And as followers of Jesus, we are to be awake of who we are. You see, when we live in our old self, 
There's laziness, there's sloth, there's lying, there's sexual immorality, there's impurity, there's evilness, there's all these different things that Paul has talked to us about through this section. But Paul is saying that that is not who you are. You are not your old self. You have been bought with a price. You have been made new in Christ. We do not have to buy the lie that that is just who we are. No, we have been set free. We have been made new in Christ. We have an opportunity to live in a different way. So if there's this negative self and this practice, there also has to be then a positive self and practices. And so in this next episode, next week, we'll be talking about the putting on, what Paul describes as what we need to put on as the new creation. It's really exciting and it's really practical. Just like in this episode, hopefully you've been able to see that Paul's warning about what needs to die and what has died in Christ has been very specific and practical. So now Paul is also going to be specific and practical about the life that we live in Christ. But just to get a taste of that, we'll read this last section just over again and we'll finish today on this. So this is verse 10 to 11. And having putting on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator, here there is no Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Paul is using this language of putting to death, and now he's transitioning to putting on. There is a new self that you and I get to be renewed in, in the image of our Father. This is the already and not yet journey that we have with Christ. We have already been declared new in Him, and now we walk out this process into becoming the very thing that He already has declared us to be. It's through His grace that we are empowered to live the way that He has called us. I love that he says here there is no Greek and Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. You've got to remember Paul is talking to a very divided culture. He's talking to a church that lives in a, in a land that is full of racism, that is full of culturalism and, and hierarchy and status. And Paul is saying, to this church and he's saying to you and I it is Christ who unifies us within the realm of our diversity there is something deeper that unifies followers of Jesus it goes beyond our personalities it goes beyond our skin color our nationality our ethnicity our social status we are united in Christ Followers of Jesus are to be the most diverse and unified group of people on the planet. We are trailblazers for racial and social economic barriers that have been formed and shaped in our cultures. We are the ones that are meant to be in unity, diversity, and reconciliation. We lead the way, the way that our leader has continued to lead which is from the place of washing each other's feet, is from the place of being last, not first. We listen before we speak. We have a unity that can be found in Christ. The Father has set us free. He has united us. 
He does not look at us within the parameters that the societal norms and constructs have defined us to be. He looks at us in a deeper and more enriched way. He sees us within the lens of how he created us to be. And for those who have put their faith in Christ Jesus, we are now sons and daughters. He sees us as his children. We are one family in him. So in closing today, would we be awake to who we are in him? Would we be aware of the self that we can now identify as being in Christ? Would we recognize that there is practices and there's rhythms that we are to live out as followers of Jesus? Would we be honest about where we are at and the decisions that we are making? Would we accept and receive the free forgiveness that has been offered to us through Jesus Christ alone? Would we no longer be a slave to our desires or our passions or our sins, but would we accept and receive the freedom that we have in Him? Would we put to death sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness that we may find within us? Would we put away anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from our mouth? Would we not lie to one another? But would we live in the new self that has been renewed in the knowledge of who we are in Him? Would we remember that we are brothers and sisters in Christ? Would we love one another the way that the Father has loved us? Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. Lord, even though we don't deserve your forgiveness, we receive it today. Holy Spirit, give us the power to put these things to death. Continue to renew our minds in the knowledge of who we are in you. Thank you that we do not have to be defined by these things. We are defined by you alone. Thank you for unifying us. O Lord, would we be a people that are unified in you? Would we love one another the way that you call us to? Jesus, we want to grow deeper in you. And we thank you for even just having these practical things that we can watch out for and these things that we can do to live in your way. We say yes to this invitation today. We love you. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope something in this has encouraged you. If you're wanting to stay up to date on our weekly episodes, the best way to do that is to subscribe to this channel on whatever platform you're listening to. If you're looking for more resources, such as songs or book recommendations, can I encourage you to follow us at the JMP Cast on Instagram or Facebook. I hope you'll consider joining me as we continue to ask this question, what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? Have an awesome day.